Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I've had the privilege of meeting a number of fascinating people that have shared their stories in the pre-COVID, COVID, and more recently in the early post-COVID months. Out of 186 podcasts to date, none stand out more than my chats with James McCare from the Calgary Food Bank, episode 82, and Laurie McRitchie from Airdrie Food Bank, episode 178. The Food Bank relies upon the support from the local community, and as many know, this support was very prominent during the COVID lockdown period. Now that businesses and activities have opened up across the globe, including children returning to school, it can be very easy to forget about those in real need of food donation. Take the time to donate to the food bank, whether it is at your local grocery store, such as the hampers placed by the cashier at Sobeys, or at the physical locations of both Calgary and Airdrie food banks, or online at the Canada Food Bank's website, www.foodbankscanada.ca. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and stay safe. Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, my pleasure. And so this is episode number 194. And, uh, you know, you're all the way in Edmonton. So we'll add on three digits. We're going to get you to 200. We'll get to 200. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, Jonathan. So look, tell us about because you've just got a new startup going. So tell us, it's AgrioLabs. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, you actually said it right. (laughs) Please, uh, please enlighten me. You know, and shed some light or grow some, you know, help me, help me understand, help my listeners out there understand the business. Yeah. So um, from from the surface, what we do is we create a modular line of uh, stackable grow boxes uh, that help lazy millennials grow food at home. (laughs) Uh, But in the reality, AgriLabs as a company is a mission focused, is a mission based company. And we go much deeper than that. And um, we have plans to to break into uh, the commercial sector, and then like to like really our mission right now is to try and uh, reduce the amount of food that we waste, not just at yeah. home, but yeah. um, but all across the entire industry. Uh, the the traditional agriculture system is is quite a wasteful system, not just um, like on the farm and during transport and distribution sure. and storage, and then you know picky grocery stores. So. Um, I, I mean, the, the easiest, most direct solution is to grow as much as you can yourself, as much as yeah. your own consumption as you can. Um, but it's not always the easiest. So we're trying to make that accessible um, in a totally radical way. You uh, know, you reminded me, Jonathan, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. We'll get back to this. No, no worries. Literally, I had, uh, I had Spencer Kerber on from the Get Bessie or Bessie Box. And he said, you know, the, the layers for meat. For you know, getting meat from the farmers or the 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 whatever cattle ranch and all that. So he said it's like twelve layers, and it would take weeks to get that meat to the table. Whereas he cut it down. I don't know if it was weeks, but it, you know, he literally cut it down to one day. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're no, so we're mainly talking about fruits and veggies here. Uh, yeah. Well, herbs and veggies right now, but we'll get into the fruit market. Yeah. Uh, eventually. So um, so what 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 prompted you? What triggered you? Because we can look through your history. But uh, you can you can do that as well. But literally, what prompted you to, to to start growing your own food and come up with a business? Like, I mean, okay, one thing to start your own, you know, growing yourself yourself, but then the business make a business out of it. that's terrific. So, what what triggered that? 
uh, I've always been the type to try and find ways to monetize things. Yeah. <laughs> I've always like I've always been into, I guess, business. Uh, I've always liked the idea of building businesses. Um, like even as a kid, uh, like I I grew up with a single mom, and yeah. she worked like twelve to sixteen hours a day. Uh, so I I was never it was never like hey mom I want this and then I get it it's always like okay well what are you gonna do about it go get it yourself <laughs> um, so like and and lemonade stores are so lame so you know, I start <laughs> no, I'm just kidding <laughs> Wait, lemonade stands lemonade stands and no I'm just lemonade stands are great um, but I I took it a bit further and I yeah. I lived in um, like a government housing project that had a um, a boys and girls club right in the middle. Okay. with a bunch of kids and decided that uh i would rip off all these kids <laughs> and and i would Wait, go to have you heard gary have you heard of gary vaynerchuk yeah of course so gary v i mean you sound like gary v he used to take flowers from the garden and turn around and sell it to the the, the, the owner yeah except the garden was superstore and the flowers was kool-aid yeah <laughs> yeah and i just sell it for like a 300 percent profit and then i also i'd also make like stuff like carrot juice and random other things, whatever I could get people to buy. And Wait, you worked, come on, you worked at Big Al's. I'm looking at here. You used yeah. my name without knowing it six years ago. You worked at Big Al's Aquarium. Yeah, I've, I've done quite a few things. Yeah, yeah, I started off, my first job was at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Big Al's just purely because I like fish. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet, I got to meet Big Al. I mean, I used to get called Big Al when I played hockey in Calgary. Years ago, mm. Big Al, you know, they put they put Al on your you know, your helmet, but uh, you worked there. Yeah, no, Big, Big Al isn't. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, a fish store with a yeah. giant shark tank. It's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, no, I it, it was a lot of fun, and then yeah, so I did that as a kid, uh, and that was like my first taste of, I guess, entrepreneurship. You could call it. Sure, sure. It was it was mainly because I wanted a PS2. And we were way too broke to afford one. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is Gary Vaynerchuk. The stories, like you go and get it, you go on the streets and earn it, right? Oh yeah, Literally, I just had no choice. What, <laughs> it's like what a motivation. That's a great motivator. I, I it's so funny because um, I moved out a couple years ago. I'll go back to that. But when I was moving out, I, I threw out a desk, and I look under the desk, and I I saw all the like all the math I did as a kid of like how many sure. Kool-Aids and how many carrot juices I had to sell in order to get my yeah, PS2. Yeah, yeah. And it was just all over. I drew all over the underside of my desk. And I was That's like, insane. I kind of almost don't want to throw this out. <laughs> well, that, that itself is a memory. It's a, there's some, you know, the origin story there. Yeah. It all started under the desk. It, it literally did. I was just, I was so depressed. I was like, I'm so bored. I want a PS2. And I was just wow. laying under my desk and I started drawing out the math. <laughs> So literally, you—I mean—you took the seeds, and you took, literally took the seeds for your business, and you threw it into the garden. But your garden was in your house. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you remember, because you're probably too young for the chia pets. But when I grew up, we had chia pets. Now that was our garden. You know, that was our growing your own at home. It was a chia pet. Yeah, yeah. You know, you throw the chia seeds into a some head, and it grows. It grew hair. Yeah. So, no, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I should probably talk about how AgriLabs came to yeah, be. Yeah, that would be, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, so I moved out of my mom's place um, like two and a half years ago. Sure. Um, and like that was my first taste of living alone, kind of. I had my girlfriend. Uh, but one of the things I noticed at first was like just 
how much food we waste. And like growing up, uh, my mom like was raised during the Cultural Revolution in China, where everyone just it was a mass famine. Uh, and so it was like you waste a single grain of rice in the house, and you just get beat. You know, yeah. not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you it, yeah. you would you would know it, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And then I like I grew up with like everyone in my family being like that. Like my my aunt especially because my one of my aunts would take care of me while my mom was at work, and sure. she had this like not a speck of food remaining policy. Jonathan, uh, first of all, I'm sorry. There's a Netflix series here somewhere. I'm, we're gonna get the documentary is gonna come out. It's gonna be a movie. I'm sure of it. The Jonathan Mew <laughs> story. Eventually, I'd love this. I love it. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Um, that that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then I, yeah, when I, so when I moved out, I realized like, holy shit, I'm just wasting food left and right. I just forget about it. I I, like buy a bunch of veggies and I buy a bunch of like healthy food thinking, you know, I've got my shit together. I moved out, you know, I'm a big boy now. Yeah. Cook good food. And yeah, it turns out being a full-time, uh, student, I was, I was in the digital media and IT for program. Yeah, you're up at Nate, right? The yeah, Nate at Nate. Yeah, for web development and design. So, yeah, not which has nothing, nothing to do yeah. with growing nothing to do with growing your own food. But oh, yeah. By the way, you're doing that as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> exactly. Unbelievable. What don't you do? Come on. <laughs> Actually, so, I mean, I'm quite I'm, I'm quite bad at one specific thing, but I'm quite good at doing a million different things. Like, I think it's just something to do with the fact that I've had AD, like ADHD since I was a kid. Sure. No, but that's it. That is, you know, it's like they're saying that, that, that the business people of today, probably if you looked at their grade three reports, right, they, they're, they're diagnosed as ADHD, but really that's the creativity side that's needed to get to where you are with Agri Lab. Oh, yeah. Like business is like it satisfies my ADHD because there's there's a million things to do. And that's all my, yeah. my that's all my brain wants to do is a million things. Um, and I've been learning to delegate lately. <laughs> but you've got, I mean, you've got some of the foundations, but first of all, the business, and you can look under the desk for the, you know, the math or the accounting, right? There's your accounting. You went to, you're going to school for the digital media. Luckily, we're not still using the underside of a desk, so. But you, no, but there's your, but that's your, your basis of the accounting, right? Yeah. Who's the, the guy, the keeping the books. Mm-hmm. You can tell him exactly, him or her, whoever's doing the books. And, you know, I'm an accountant, so I understand that part of it. <laughs> You know, and then, but then you got the marketing, you've done fundraising. We can talk about your Kickstarter campaign, yeah. yeah. But and you, you, you really, you know, your product testing, product launch. What haven't you done? Am I, am, am I hitting some of the yeah, right that's, things? that's I mean, basically that's, all it was. It's like, yeah, I, I realized how much food I was wasting. I wanted to yeah. not waste so much food, so but I decided I was too lazy to actually try to water my plants every day and my basement apartment had no light uh we had no space so like if i try to grow something on my countertop is like we just don't have a countertop anymore Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so it was like shelves and drawers and cupboards it's like all i had but this i mean this is that kind of vertical farming exactly and there was just no like if you look on the market there's there's almost no refined way to start a vertical farm in your apartment um 
at that's like easy without setup or like without it being like a shelf system or something like that. You know, I wanted something modular so I could build it into the space that works for me. And then yeah. I'd assume that works for everyone else that lives in tier one cities with tiny apartments. It's like, you've got space kind of, but can you make something fit yeah. in there? You know? Um, and then yeah, just over time, time I, I was just so lazy to DIY it. I was like, wow, I wish this thing just existed. And I was like, Oh my God, I can make a business out of it. <laughs> That's crazy. So you just, we're sitting around, we're trying to, we're trying to grow some, uh, the salad, you know, and what, and you said like, I'll just do this myself. Did you research? What kind of research did you do? Just a ton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just everything I can. If, if there's any, like, if I have any, I guess, talent, I, I've never say I'm talented, but if I if I were to say I had a talent, is that I'm I'm capable of doing research and reading enough, just stuff and absorbing it and then like synthesizing it into a, a proper solution to solve uh, a problem. That's, I guess, my one talent is I can just. So what's your suit? That's a, that's more than a talent. It's a superpower because you've now gone. That's your superpower. Yeah, like, I guess. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I guess it is. It's it's come in handy quite quite often. Like there's, like before this business, I knew nothing about electronics, and yeah. like yeah, last night I spent all night putting together the parts list for all the electronics and dealing with with like nand gates and and like um and and like compute units for future units for future products and and stuff like that and i have a but you, are you talking about electronics <laughs> are you talking about electronics for like say the lighting yeah like stuff like resistors mosfets uh capacitors diodes like stuff like that like i i'm basically trying to teach myself what you would learn at, with a college education um sure. yeah <laughs> because i have no but choice are you talking about the are you talking about your product itself or you just that's just an inch, a special area no it's something i have to learn to build the product it's something yeah. i have to learn and then i have to teach my team and encourage them to learn more as well right it's like yeah we, we don't have an electrical engineer on the team yet but we we have uh engineers who are willing to look at it and tell us where we messed up and then we go back to the drawing board and fix it but that's incredible so i mean so the box, you you said you opened this up with the stackable food box, but now you've got you've brought in electronics. Yeah, I mean the the, the stackable f food box. It's got it has, you know, it's got a modular venting system. It's got a yeah. modular yeah. power system. It's got, uh, you know, LEDs and everything. It's um like it's, it's got safety features built in. So you know you splash water on the electrical contacts and nothing happens. Like there's, there's a lot of thought nice. that has to go into it. Like if someone plugs it into a really really powerful usb uh yeah. wall plug like yeah. make sure nothing happens then as well you know like things like that we got to make sure the leds last forever and they're cooled properly like there's like if we actually like i've lost count on which revision we're on but it would probably be in the hundreds um like but, but i guess each time you look at something new you, you make an adjustment and tweak it here and there is it is it really yeah new? it's is it really a it's just always like learning and then like like in between changing versions i just learned so much and then i go back i'm like yeah this could be done way better and then yeah well that's it's interesting i mean just just to drill down on some of those things like the electrical part if it gets wet think of pools for for gen for generations yeah. 
you know, there's lighting under the pool and there's wires around. Exactly. That. Yeah. And, and like we're like things like researching the conductivity uh, of water to determine how far the, the water, um, the water detection probes are from each other, like things like that. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we, I mean, before on the Kickstarter, you can see that all the units have their own fan. We've moved to a singular central fan system. So like we took a lot of, <laughs> we took a lot of, uh, um, ideas from like the industrial venting uh, side of things and uh, and market uh, and yeah yeah we we designed a like a whole modular Wait, for venting ven system sorry. central fan versus individual fan so what is it ventilating so, what they bringing out so yeah the the, the the power plate now has all the ventilation in it and it keeps it keeps the the humidity levels in check so too high humidity and you get mold too low humidity and everything dries out yeah so. You know, I'm just really listening to you. I'm thinking this reminds me of just, uh, you know, back in, say, in Israel or in the desert, they use that um, instead of water, like irrigation, that, what is it, that drip? You know, you probably studied yeah. this, but it's There's that, a lot of different ways to water plants, actually. <laughs> because the water goes to the roots, not the plants, so that it's more efficient and more effective. They had better yeah. crops by putting, like, the low, whatever, the drip into yeah, the Yeah, our, our watering system is, is, like like Aztec level, like super old, super low tech, but super efficient. Yeah. Like literally what it is, is, is the plant sit on a raft of, and a body of water. And then as yeah. that water is being used up, it creates space for the plants to grow. As wow. it's, that's the only you? way we were able to make the system so slim is the, the, the water has to be replaced with plant growth over time. So there's no, no soil. soil. It uses hemp fiber mat. That's all organically yeah. sourced here in Alberta. All the seeds we use are certified organic from Saskatchewan. Um, we're trying to keep things, you know, Canadian as much as we can. Even well, I mean, we got, we're what you know the wheat capital of the globe or whatever. You know, one of the exactly. of that yeah. grain. So we should have exactly, seeds yeah. And and also like Alberta produces. Don't don't quote me on this, but I think like the most hemp in Canada. And like possibly one of the most um, hemp-producing provinces um, in like the North America. So. But you're using the hemp seed, but not to grow hemp. You oh no, we're using. Food. So we're using. Sorry, we're using hemp fiber to as the grow medium, oh, okay. and then the vegetable seeds. Uh, vegetable uh, seeds are like you know your usual yeah. cilantro, dill, basil, yeah. uh, uh, arugula, broccoli. That kind of seed is all from Saskatchewan. Okay, I I literally need to let's go to this growth fiber because I think this is this is like that or the hemp fiber. This is like uh, you know where they use plant tissue or animal tissue to grow meat. <laughs> so it's you're using hemp fiber to grow as a medium to grow. It's yeah, cool. it's nothing new. Uh, I definitely didn't come up with it. It's just hemp fiber is a. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm not taking credit for something that's not mine. Uh, sure, no, no, I understand. <laughs> but uh, Wait, why not hack? Why not hack from someone? I mean, someone else has done it. You're just taking. That's it really what up. it is like when it comes to innovation. Is like just taking what already kind of exists and refining it, and yeah. then taking it like ten ten steps further. Um, and that's kind of just what we're doing. Um, hemp hemp is just a really, really good material. Just... Like it absorbs water really, really well and holds water yeah. really well, but it it's very airy. So the, the roots get air and, and water at the same time. And there's no risk of drowning. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. The only concern with mold we have is is because it's a contained environment. Like if you look at the micro, um, it's an entirely contained environment, which is a good thing. It allows you to put in a cover. You can put it under a bed if you wanted to. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a huge, you know, reservoir of water plus closed space equals just like, like yeah, mold. humidity, high, high humidity plus and that's where yeah, the fan, and then that, that there's also the heat system. made from the LEDs, and that's when you you get the perfect growing. Uh, yeah, you, you basically get the perfect growing environment for mold. So that's where the fan comes in and, and ventilates the entire thing and cools the LEDs. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That you think about it. I mean, so did you? Let's go back to the mold. Like, did you see sort of see this growth? Wait a minute. Now we got to make that iteration to. To control the mold, or is it something that you read and like uh, we better do? Yeah, I just I read it. <laughs> yeah, but was it something you learned or you read it and said we better think of this in advance? You know what I mean? Was it iteration where you catch a twenty two um, or what happened? At, like, was, it, it, just... at the beginning, it actually um, like we weren't getting too much mold until later in the growth stages. <laughs> uh, so yeah. at the beginning, when we were testing, you know, a bunch of them, we never got to the later stages. So there was no mold control. Actually, what started okay. the mold control, like the venting system, was actually that the, the LEDs were overheating. Uh, so we were like, shit, we need to cool the LEDs. Um, <laughs> and then so after we cooled the LEDs, the plants actually you know, lived long enough to reach the point where they started getting moldy on day like 15, uh, which generally they're, yeah. they're ready to eat by then. Like they're, they're you know, the, the microgreens are ready to be harvested by day 10 but we understand we understand that some people may want to leave it in there for longer and get more growth you know maybe they want to overgrow the hell out of it and they just pull pull out the drawer and it's just a green brick um regardless <laughs> we had to find a way to control mold uh, at least even the mold spores from forming in the first place yeah. yeah and like those you can't even see so we have to but that because that would be consumption would you because if you're eating mold, that kind of has an impact on the herpes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the fact that there was mold on day 14 meant that, you know, there's probably mold spores on day five. So we have to make sure that that doesn't happen. And we just have to yeah. make it really inhospitable for mold, which is with airflow. So we were like, hey, we already have a fan cooling the LEDs. Let's just also pump a bunch of air into the grow chamber and replace that air like, you know, 10, 20 times an hour. This is fascinating. I mean, you must be a video footage showing the growth cycle, you know, still, still, and you know how that, it shows the, the 20, uh, is it 21 days? What's the over average? Seven to 10 days. Growth day. Oh, yeah. Days. Okay, 21 days can, um, is like, is like basil. Like basil takes a long time to grow. I like things like thyme. Oh, basil. Um, like a lot of the herbs take longer. Yeah. Yeah. So basil can yeah, be 21 yeah. days. Okay. Well, basil just grows really slow. But look at you. It's incredible. You become an agronomist. <laughs> you know, that, you know, you literally are an agronomist and we're going to, you know, going to send you a farmer, farmer, Joe, farmer, Al. You're gonna call, <laughs> I'm going to farmer, Al. I work for farmer, Al now. I mean, it's incredible though, right? This is, I mean, you can, you, forget about your Nate's uh, studies. Are you still, do you have time to study in the, for your Oh, I graduated this year during COVID. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Not- like lamest graduation ever. Like, 
the online ceremony was was like 10 minutes <laughs> but they, you know they I mean, said that we do get note, to maybe you, you know ja- like hijack next year's graduation ceremony so i'm excited for yeah, that yeah but that's not gonna be the same oh, okay i guess i mean yeah i mean they have to do right they're making do because it was yeah a i totally understand for graduates. makes sense but you know on a side note jonathan i literally there's a i just saw a funding announcement and a company as you know startup you're probably your age because i'm much younger but these out of new york um it's called hags and h-a-g-s and it literally stood st- their, their acronym for have mm. a good summer because what what most people write in the yearbooks right is is have a good summer and, and or a nice yeah. life or whatever right so these three three founders started this business to give high school students a yearbook it's mm. all about yearbooks and it's going to be more than that. But like I, I listened, I heard it on a podcast. And I'm like, wow. And to your point, right? It was so lame. It was the same for millions of kids across North America or yeah. probably across the globe. Summer right? didn't even feel like summer. Didn't get it. <laughs> so there you go. Bring them. You can send them a box, <laughs> right? The stack of a food box. I mean, that's, that, did that come out of your COVID innovate? Because it's not that long. It was before, yeah, it was pre-COVID. pre-COVID. Actually, COVID made us completely stop working on it. Yeah, um, we, we were like, we were, so the, the original plan was, we make this thing, we get it to work. Wait, COVID's on the podcast. COVID, are you there? Can you listen to this, COVID? Because you know, <laughs> we need to hear this. Sure. COVID comes in and out of these podcasts. So I have to Sounds good. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah, COVID, if you're listening, screw you. Uh, anyway, yeah, we, <laughs> the plan was, we get this thing to a working, working prototype, I guess, like an early version. Uh, kind of unrefined and we sell it as yeah. the micro th- that's what the product is called the micro founders edition and founders edition was basically um elon musk's really early version of the tesla roadster uh <laughs> it worked it, it, it yeah. wasn't the most refined but it, it definitely worked um and we were going to start selling these and making them just like low volume batch manufacture uh, manufacturing with 3d printers and a finishing process uh which is what we still use um wait the 3d printer for the box you yeah it on a 3D so printer. we we have a printer we have a printing farm now yeah so we're insane. we're very like our like one of our core pillars is we we build for an exciting future so that means we try to use yeah. technologies that we see as becoming very very huge in in the future and i highly believe down to the core that 3d printing is the next um industrial revolution yeah yeah um but yeah anyway so drink well they take it to the you know they take the uh spare parts up to the space station right and print off so the, the they just take the raw materials and then they print off certain yeah they, they print what, so on the space them. station they print tools and then after they're done with the tools, they recycle it. They have a they have like a very very high efficiency recycling uh, system where it recycles the plastic tool back into filament, and then it, reprint, it just prints again. Yeah, and we we have the there same system. <laughs> just trying to That's minimum minimize so waste so, everything everywhere we can. So you, literally, the box is it's kind of a resin or plastic resin that can be reprinted. eventually. Yeah, it's also biodegradable material. It's made from cor- corn nice. and like yams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is incredible because you could grow the corn. Yeah, you could grow the yam. Our our goal is to be quite vertically integrated. So eventually, I have no 
uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's there's anything stopping us from literally making our own raw material um, and printing out of it. Like, I mean, in your home, it's not going to melt. Like, it'll last hundreds of years in your home, but like in the soil yeah. with all the heat and compression, it'll break down. And yeah, it's it's the the lesser of all evils in terms of plastics we can use because it's so resilient and strong. Yet it is still a, a sustainable, um, sustainably sustainably produced plastic. Uh, so it's not plastic. Wait, let, let's go back to that because we need. To, Technically, is, is, is a really polymer cool. chain that that like the chemical makeup. Yeah. Okay. Um. But but it's yeah. just not petroleum based. It's ethanol, or I guess corn, because corn it was. They were talking about the during the renewable energy phase a few years ago. They were talking about corn. The the mm. the corn um, is it, I guess the ethanol that's produced on the, the from the husks or from the you know when it when it biodegrades. It's like yeah, I think it's produced. actually from the starches okay. in in corn and different vegetables. Yeah, yeah it's the starches it. that that get fermented and then they create polymer chains. Uh, I that's the very very basic process i'm not a science i'm not a material scientist so i'm i'm doing my best to be educated <laughs> well you've just enlightened you know my two listeners but and myself <laughs> of course but well, the paul i love this so wait a minute come on i'm sorry jonathan you're not going away that easy so you're literally uh, uh, producing this thing somebody's giving you this corn box <laughs> my corn this, box. this uh, corn the corn cornflakes those are cornflakes no but literally the raw material to print it somebody's produced How it's it's really out? popular in in the 3d uh 3d printing space because believe it or not a lot of people who, wow. who care and are passionate about 3d printing uh see it as a technology of the future and people who are ex you know who are excited for a clean future care about the material they use uh 3d printing started with a lot of people using uh abs plastic which is just about everywhere and it literally gives you cancer if you yeah. print with it in the same room um so right. a lot of people looked for a way to get away from giving themselves cancer um and and in and 3d printing incredible. pla this that's what this this corn material uh is uh is called um cornflake wait i like the, i okay. like this we're gonna call it cornflakes you've got a corn blocks corn a box of cornflakes no, no, seriously. Yes, so what, what's it's it polylactic PLA? acid is Sorry, what it yeah. is. Um, yeah, and so this stuff like smells sweet when you print it. It has like it has volatile organic compounds, but like one percent of of ABS. Yeah. It's not harmful to your health um, for for long term printing. Uh, it sticks to the bed way better. So in three D printing, like the number one thing you have to worry about is the first layer sticking. Otherwise, you're just gonna get spaghetti. Um, Incredible. Yeah, I love this. So it's just a just it prints it. at lower temperatures. It's yeah. yeah, it's just a magic material. It's super. It's like super strong. Um, like anytime anyone ever doubts that three D printing in PLA is a good idea for a home consumer electronic yeah. that holds water in it, uh, I give them this little piece of uh, of PLA that's printed with like a eighty percent infill honeycomb structure. And I give them a hammer and I tell them, I, I, I challenge them to smash it. And no one smashed it yet. Yeah. It's nice. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, look, look, 
for the benefit of the listeners, I mean, if you're listening, if you just joined in, if this isn't live, but you know, if someone just they miss the hemp, you've got hemp fiber, this you know, a growing base. You're using corn star. I mean, this is incredible. Really, innovation in itself. I there's, I think you do need to do a course. You need to teach up at the, you know, the agriculture. Oh no, <laughs> I'm not an agriculturalist. Like, there are probably like there's. There's so much to learn no, about I'm agriculture sure. and, and like, yeah. like I have so much respect for, for the experts in the field that, you know, that especially the ones that are willing to listen to me ramble and, and give me feedback. Um, really, I'm not an expert in yeah. anything, but I'm just good at finding experts in things <laughs> and consulting. With them. Well, I mean, come on, it's like Henry Ford, Henry Ford. And this is, goes back, you know, how many years, 150 years or whatever. You know, Henry Ford said, look, I, I'm not the expert. But I know who to call. Right. I know where to find it. So today you can Google this or you can. But I mean, do you have videos of all this kind of your, your iterations I, as you grow and, and you guys being. Do, wait, do you have. Founders? Yeah. So, I yeah, um, I, I basically this was my brainchild. Uh, and then I brought on one of my best friends yeah. uh, I've known since high school. His name's Eric. Um, and uh, over time, he's just helped me on the design. Uh, Chaba, C-H-A-B-A. Can we put a yeah um and yeah he's he's helped with uh since day one basically everything that i that he could help with um yeah but you're a videographer i would i mean you must have yeah i've got a i've got a whole story video on the indiegogo if you just scroll down (laughs) agrilabs.ca slash indiegogo it's still running it's just a continuation uh continuation of um of the kickstarter Oh yeah, because Indiegogo, I think they own that or something, right? The, if you go to if you go to Kickstarter, Indiegogo comes up. No, no, not version, at all. Indie, Kickstarter is much better. Oh, <laughs> I hope. Oh, so it's no. a separate. I thought they were together for some reason. Because when you when you go to Kickstarter, so what is your Kickstarter is done? Kickstarter is done, going? and uh, everyone that was on there, they're lucky yeah. because they get they get different options for colors, and they get different drawer front options, and. They get better pricing and everything. But then for everyone who missed it, we still have the Indiegogo. It's still a much better price uh, than MSRP. You still save a lot of money. But uh, it's just, oh, okay. there's, there's, yeah. I mean, we have to, Kickstarter's for the OG supporters, you know. Uh, and we, we can't make <laughs> them feel like. I'm, I'm an OG. Come on. I am an, I'm truly an OG. Yeah. This but this is really cool. So wait, so what, what prompted you guys to go on a Kickstarter? Did somebody, one of your advisors say, you know, Jonathan, you guys should probably use Kickstarter? I, I've, I've been thinking what, about crowdfunding since the kick? beginning, just because, um, okay. yeah, like I knew that I could either waste a bunch of time trying to find someone to fund it uh, in terms of private capital yeah. uh, for equity, or I could just do it myself and prove it to them that I, I don't need them. <laughs> but no, it's... it's a lot of it is, well, is it, about I mean, trying really, to be right? self-sufficient and not relying on people because uh, there's there's a lot of startups where they have an idea and then they're just like, yeah, let me try to find someone to fund this so I can build it. I just funded the whole thing myself based yeah. from my savings and um, money that my mom saved up for school. <laughs> and then... Well, yeah. no, you built it, right? And you then, built it from scratch. Yeah, I was the sole fa- uh, model, funder. Right? Um, I even used my, my student loans uh to to fund this uh well they call it the fool you know the three f's the fools family and friends or friends family and fools right 
So you you went the you, well you did it literally you went full family. I guess friends, yeah, the only fool here was me. Yeah. <laughs> all our Kickstarter no, supporters are amazing. I mean, They're really, yeah, I wouldn't call them fools at all. Um, yeah. But but that's you know literally the CF of that the crowdfunding. But uh, you know this is fantastic. So anything you know like are you no stores we're, yet? we're probably uh, not going, looking to be in stores on- anytime soon uh our our model is going to be yeah. essentially all e-commerce in the beginning uh we might do some wholesale so you might see some in stores uh but we'll, like if we do wholesale there's going to be we have a very strong uh brand image that we want to we want to keep together so there's probably going to be some some work on that but yeah we're mainly doing e-commerce because i like me and my girlfriend were both web developers and we we mainly work with shopify uh and e-commerce so we can develop stores really fast and we know how to market yeah you got that i mean literally did i'm going one of your business things you did before studio number yeah we we, production studio right i work at my own startup but that, I mean, that's the FBA. That's kind of that 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 the micro business has come out of, of you know, say, yeah, Amazon yeah, and, and, and FBA. And it's exploded you know, by like so something like nine hundred percent over COVID, and made Shopify basically one of the most profitable con- uh, companies on in Canada. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you. You've latched on to how to build a business. I guess, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I learned the basics at school, and then I just, ta- yeah, I spent yeah. like a month teaching myself their proprietary language because Shopify has their own uh, programming language. Uh, I taught myself, and then yeah, they do. I know it's amazing. Uh, it's actually a really good language. I love it. <laughs> and then it's called liquid. What no, is it's it like? Uh, you know, Klingon or something? <laughs> it's called liquid. Um, very fantastic language okay. that's a templating language if anyone knows what that is um but uh okay i did not know yeah, I, it's called wait, liquid so it's called liquid it, it like usually in web you you have to learn your front end languages and your back end languages and then you have to learn how to interface between the two so your front end user interface yeah. can access all the data in the database right liquid is is, a, is like a this magical bridge in between the two that just makes it very easy <laughs> that's incredible because yesterday on my podcast was the the founder julie rubin of uh Inotech college so we were talking literally back end front end full stack developer i mean this is kind of yeah cool. so this is a new so like area traditional itself, right? like programming web development if you wanted to pull something from the database to the front end you basically gotta generally you use like something like sql and you, um, you I guess you would yeah. pull the, the database and, and ask for a certain column, certain row of information, uh, and then you bring it back to the front end. Whereas using Liquid and Shopify, it's just all pre-stored. You don't have to pull. You don't have to go to any database. The template, it, as you said, kind of yeah. Right? So it's the it's object based. So it's like if you yeah. want to access the featured image of a product, okay. for example, instead of doing all that stuff with the database, you just go. <laughs> all products and then you type in which product you want and then dot product dot featured wow. image and then that pulls it out nice so you had to learn you learned that but you don't most business people don't have to learn that but you yeah you just i just like learning. curious and you learned it yourself <laughs> you and your girlfriend this is incredible like uh, jonathan i'm like i'm really just fascinated there's so much uh, to unpack all this but <laughs> yeah, look sure. we could yeah. probably spend another day talking about this stuff but literally what 
where I, you know, for me, it's just a personal uh, enjoyment of this kind of stuff. But look, where do we find you or how do people find? Yeah, so websites, you can go to agrilabs.ca. That's A-G-R-I-O-L-A-B-S dot C-A. Agrilabs is one word, please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no capitals either. No under hyphen. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can go there. If you add a slash Indiegogo, you can go to our Indiegogo page. If you add a slash Kickstarter, you can go to our Kickstarter page. Uh, check out all the updates we made on Kickstarter. Uh, that's where we keep everything up to date. We also post them on Indiegogo as well. Um, and then go to our, our, our Instagram is at agrio.labs because we couldn't get agrilabs for some reason. If someone from Instagram is listening, please. Oh, my God. Please. So a, a, <laughs> Instagram agrio is agrio.labs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just unavailable word. for some reason. What about the hashtags? Oh, yeah, totally the hashtags, yeah, the you, hashtags you, are there. Your... They're gonna, somebody else is going to steal your hashtag. It doesn't really matter, right? Because it ultimately, because I, it's funny when you go to the hashtags and you'll see some absolute stupid oh, yeah. things. That yeah, hashtags are just whatever business it is. Like there's, so. there's going to be people who spam hashtags, right? So <laughs> that's another business itself. You go to TikTok, the hack like that. The thing, you know, you go to TikTok, right? What you just talked about on, on Spot, Shopify. There's people just trying to, you know, game that system. And they're they're showing you how to get around even that. You know what it is? I mean, yeah. you you do the hardcore learning. And you could probably do your own, I don't know, Kickstarter. You could probably do your own TikTok video showing people how. Yeah, Kickstarter is not as easy as I mean, a lot of people incredible. think. Like, it, a lot of people think it's like you go on there, post some pictures, talk about your product a little bit, and hope someone comes by and likes it enough. No, it's it's... It's like torturous hell. It's it's like a month of preparation of building an email list before you even launch a damn thing. And then after you launch it, you're you're just bleeding money yeah. trying to market it. And you can't see any results coming in because Kickstarter doesn't have a very good tracking system. And it's like, and it's like constant right. messages and questions you, you gotta like attend to. Uh yeah, you got to build like the the most beautiful, uh, like highest converting page you possibly can. There's a lot of work going into Kickstarter, and I have a lot of respect for companies who still do it themselves and don't just hire uh, agencies. Because no, off to you. Because I mean that that's a learning. Like you've got 29 learning points in just one podcast. So I mean, yeah, I, think 40 we, minutes to get there. I think in this and podcast is the, right there, the, the most like ADHD podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's all good. That's, I mean, my, yeah, my brain sorry. loves it. That's <laughs> where I am. Yeah. There's just been, I we've just me. been all yeah, over the place. Like, I love this stuff. No, but you have to be, you have to be. So we ground it down. Look, you've ground it down. You don't even use dirt. You can't even ground no, it into the dirt. No dirt. Right? You don't use dirt. So this is like, the, there's so much to learn. Thank, you know, Jonathan, thank you so much for, for bringing it today. Cause I, you know, a lot, lot of people come and bring their B game. You brought your A game. And, you know, I learned about hemp. I learned about <laughs> corn starch, corn flakes. <laughs> I've learned about liquefied. Liquid, liquid, liquid. Uh, Shopify liquefy. is liquid. Oh no, yeah. Shopify. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just playing on words here, but. No problem. Jonathan, really thank you so much today. Yeah, this has been fun. And mold. I learned about mold. You know, those mold spores, if they get into your, into yeah. your chia pet, if you, especially if you're going to eat your chia pet, <laughs> especially if you're going to eat your chia pet. Yeah. 
Chia pets are actually microgreens, believe it or not. Microgreens are just the the in between stage of sprout and baby plant, and and like baby greens, yeah, and salad greens. Really? Well, we. My daughter puts them into her, like your salads and other things oh, all the time. Oh, yeah, no, it had chia, chia sprouts, <laughs> I guess. When when the sprouts are green, that's when they're considered microgreens. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't okay. know the difference. Okay, we just sprinkled chias on. I, I just remember the chia pet, and we never ate it when I was a kid. They just got tossed. In the yeah, I had never got to grow a chia pet, so. but I guess this is my super high tech, low tech <laughs> version of a chia pet. It, this is as lazy as chia pet growing can yeah. get but it's like for fancy <laughs> culinary uh you know enthusiasts or, or like health enthusiasts microgreens have like 50 times the nutrients of of 50 times the nutrient like nutrient density of full-grown plants yeah so nice well, i guess it's because it, it just it doesn't lose they don't lose it to the atmosphere They're just so dense. Or whatever right yeah it's just, yeah it's it's contained in that way yeah yeah well, you, you, come on, John. You, you want to get on another podcast? We can just to. Get, I'm totally down. Yeah, I, it, it needs to, like it needs to happen. Um, like the biggest innovation in terms of traditional agriculture has been just like the newest, fanciest tractor. <laughs> like there, there's not a lot of mass innovation that's really fundamentally changing. John Deere's been very <laughs> upset you. Don't cut down John Deere. <laughs> Don't cut down those. I don't know the tractor. I can't think of Caterpillar. I can't think of any other tractor. John Deere, Combine. What are those things? I, I don't know much about tractors, to be honest. One. I just know that said, the way we produce our food needs to fundamentally change if we want to reduce waste. Because food waste, if it was a country, it would be the third yeah. largest carbon emitter in the world after U.S. and China. You know, at Harvest Hub, you, 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 have, to talk to, you have to talk to Sean Tillian and Alina Martin at Harvest Hub. Sean was on. He said that was one of the things. He was on this food council food waste thing in Calgary. And he's, he's cool. Yeah, I got to search that up. Harvest Hub. So, you know, I, I don't know that I can't remember the podcast number, but I can send you the link. I think it's in the 70s. Yeah. Like, that's just <laughs> You're on really 190 time, something. But, 194. Yeah. Well, you're 194. So, no, you're, I'm, I'm young. You're old, dude. dude 194. Old. 70s old. <laughs> you're young. There it is. No problem. <laughs> I would love to keep John, talking. Thank you but, so much. Yeah. Really, it's been fun. Sounds good. All right, man. We'll 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 continue another time when you're yeah. I definitely will. Something to share with us. All right. Yeah. You too, man. Take care. All right, John. Have a good day and stay safe, man.